Hey, it's Jed Hearn, host of Wizards, Warriors, and Words. If you're enjoying the writing advice on this show, you might like my new podcast, The Jed Hearn Show, where every week I share the best fantasy writing advice that I've learned from publishing three fantasy novels and a best-selling video game. There's over 12 episodes that you can listen to right away, including my top 10 fantasy books of all time, how to make fantasy names that don't suck, two rules that make writing effortless, and my complete summaries of Brandon Sanderson's and Neil Gaiman's writing classes, and much more. Check it out by searching for The Jed Hearn Show in your podcast app. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Wizards, Warriors and Words, a fantasy writing advice podcast. I'm Jed Hearn, author of The Thunder Heist, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, starting with Michael R. Fletcher. Hello, I am Michael R. Fletcher, author of Blackstone Heart and some other stuff. And Dirk Ashton. I'm Dirk Ashton, author of the Paternus Trilogy. I have my books to hold up, but Somebody pushed the door open and came in. This is Molly the dog. If you uh, <laughs> are listening and aren't seeing, um, she's very excited cute. to hang out with us for a little bit today. That's it. Yeah. If you are listening, it is worthwhile going onto the YouTube channel so that you can see Molly's cuteness in real life. There we go. <laughs> Cheeky plug for the YouTube channel. <laughs> Molly, you are nothing but a marketing tool for us. Um, <laughs> She's, no, watching she's, she's, she's watching you. She's watching you. She guys. knows what I'm up to. <laughs> so today's episode, um, I thought we could talk a little bit about recovering from failure. But before we get into that topic, I've got a couple of listener comments, which I would like to read out. The first one is a uh, review that Jack left on Apple Podcasts. Uh, the title of the review is Good Time Where You Learn Something. Really enjoy their multiple perspectives and different styles and processes when it comes to writing. I've been inspired to write myself after listening to them. I really hope they take off and expand. Really hope they put up a website where all their books and recommendations for reading series with reviews are available to see. Thanks for that, Jack. That is something it's we should a, probably get. Not on. a bad idea. Just a yeah. one-page Wix or something. Or yeah, even like, that, um, yeah, I, I, should, I should set that up on my on my website. Um, yeah, I will endeavor to do that. So if you look in the show notes for this episode you should be able to find a link to a page that has that. And if that link does not exist, it means I was too lazy to create it and it will be <laughs> up in the future. Um, so there's a little bit of mystery for you, the dear listener, to discover. Um, also, yeah, if you are a keen listener to this show and you like what we're doing, feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, really helps new people discover the show. Um, another comment we have is from Robert Ferrari, who is writing in response to the question in episode 
which is where we discussed about the antagonist that we find the most compelling. I don't know if you guys remember, but at the end of that episode, we asked listeners what antagonist they liked the most. Um, and they and Robert said that the antagonists I personally like are also from Joe Abercrombie's work. Firstly, Baez, first of the Magi. Some might not consider him strictly an antagonist, but I find him to be the worst character throughout the first Lord trilogy and subsequent books. The way he manipulates other characters like a puppet master for his own personal gain, which he then justifies as the greater good, is scary. Um, and I think speaks volumes about government bodies who manipulate the people into a certain mindset so they can justify war and other atrocities. He also mentions Nicomo Koska from Best Served Cold or Red Country, who I love as well. Um, Robert says he's this train wreck you can't look away from, but you also can't stop rooting for him to uh, hit a few bystanders because his charisma spills from the pages, even though he is a disgusting human being. Just thought I would give you my thoughts. Really enjoying the podcast still. Keep up the good work. Rob. Oh, very cool. nice. Wait, but this is an episode on failures. Do we have this any negative reviews? That's right. Yeah, we, we should be mentioning reviews. reviews. We should be finding like the one-star reviews of this podcast where they're like, yeah, hate the accents. Understand them. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, thanks for thanks for writing in guys. Yeah, and for the rest of you, if you have any comments on it, you can send those through to wizardswarriorswords at gmail.com and we might read them out in future episodes of the show. Hopefully episodes where the title is not recovering from failure and then leading with your comments, which probably isn't a great association to have, but alas, here we are. All right. So recovering from failure. Um, I'm interested in exploring both the kind of short-term recovering from failure things where maybe you have intended to spend a morning writing and then you've just procrastinated instead and you're trying to refocus in that situation. And then also the bigger picture kind of failure things where you might launch a book that doesn't particularly go well um so, but we can start talking about that wherever mike do you want to kind of kick us off sure um so i mean i i don't kind of relate short-term failure to actual failure like failing to uh, get some writing done in the morning to me is a I, I don't care that's that's not a big deal because i'll just i'll get it done later the next day whatever um i'm i'm good enough at um focusing and getting the words down and writing that i'm I'm not really stressed about that. So if I take a day where I'm just like, fuck everything, I'm going to goof off all day. That's, that's fine because I need to do that. Uh, failure, however, I do have some experience with. Uh, and it's, it's the large kind. Um, so flashing back to 2015, uh, I know centuries ago, um, my first sort of like big release, Beyond Redemption, was published by uh, Harper Voyager. Um, there was a fair amount of fanfare um, in my head. Um, <laughs> there was like like there rave was. reviews from like book uh, book list uh, publishers weekly. Um, I flew out to NYCC 2015 that year, sat in on a panel on heavy metal and fantasy writing. Um, it became a darling of Reddit fantasy. Or uh, uh, no, the sequel did. The, kind se of. the sequel the, did. Oh, yeah, I the mean, sequel I, did. I Beyond Redemption it. was never really made much impact. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, but um, so I I really really thought seeing all this going on, um, first reviews came in and were amazing. Like it was uh, just a ton of really amazing reviews, 
And I was positive at that point that I was going to be a full-time successful fantasy author. Traditionally uh, published fantasy Traditionally author. published, writing for, you know, Harper uh, Voyager. Um, what I didn't understand at, the po- at that point was that um, reviews kind of have nothing to do with sales. The fact that you're getting some nice reviews does not in any way mean that the book is selling. Um, and it wasn't, you know, uh, I, I, I actually, I don't even know how many copies it sold now, but in terms of, um, a big five release, like for, for a company like Harper or Voyager, um, it was a flop. Like it just, it didn't sell enough to be worth continuing. And while like when we, when I sold the book, when we signed that contract, it was for a one, it was a one book deal. It wasn't a trilogy contract or anything. But, you know, I'd, I'd already told them that I have, you know, my intent is for it to be a trilogy. Uh, and they were aware of that, but it was, you know, just a one book deal. So I, I went into writing the next book, uh, The Mirror's Truth, wrote it, um, came back to Harper Voyager with that. Uh, and they were basically like, yeah, c- cool. It's a neat, we like The Mirror's Truth, but like it's the first book just hasn't sold anywhere near enough for it to be worth worth it to us to, to publish another one. Right. Um, and so that was sort of like my first, that was my introduction to Colossal Failure. Uh, in one swell foop, uh, I went from <laughs> like, I'm going to be a, uh, you know, famous published author to like, that's it, I'm done. I'm out, you know, I'm out of the game. Um, so how to deal with failure. Uh, I spent eh, like three-ish months uh, where I didn't write. And I think I got drunk pretty much every night. Um, killed an ungodly amount of whiskey. Um, you know, like back to the liquor store, like every couple of days to get another bottle. Um, <laughs> and eventually, you know, like that wears thin. You know, it's, it's entertaining to wallow in that for a while. Um, and since I'd already written The Mirror's Truth, um, and at that point, you know, self-publishing was kind of, was, it was a thing that was happening and, you know, I was sort of becoming increasingly aware of it. I kind of decided I might as well self-publish this, uh, which turned out to be a brilliant idea because it not only sold well, uh, it won awards like Stabby uh, from our fantasy over on Reddit. Um, and really that was my, my start in self-publishing. Um, but that really, uh, that's how uh, I dealt with, with failure was um, wallowing in self-pity. <laughs> yeah, but you, 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 pu- you pulled yourself up. And uh, I remember, though, still for, for a while there, um, your dream was still trad pub. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. Like I, I for, wrote for, more for several years, I remember one of our first conversations uh, on Facebook, which probably would have been 2016 at some point. Um, was talking about, um, we were talking about uh, getting feedback from people. There was a post in, I think, either Fantasy Faction or Grimdark uh, Readers and Writers um, on Facebook. And uh, somebody had posted, uh, what would they rather get? A uh, a uh, feedback from some big time editor who had done a lot of best-selling authors or feedback from 
Joe the Plumber, right? Who was a, a big time fantasy fan. And, um, and I was saying that, you know, I would treat them equally. Um, and, uh, and Mike was like, I want, and there was actually a name was thrown out there, some, some big editor, because you were still submitting mm-hmm. um, and, and uh, still, still, still looking toward that. And um, you weren't happy for a while. <laughs> oh, no, I was, I was, uh, and you, and years. you didn't, you didn't, uh, it was it a while after you uh, self-pubbed Mirror's Truth that you self-pubbed again? Um, it was yes. a while after that because you were still yeah. querying. Yeah. You were still, still putting stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I changed yeah. agents. Um, yeah. And then, uh, like second agent, like super well known, big name, did he, not like do. Blackstone Heart, Smoking Stone. He wasn't able to sell like either yeah. of those. Yeah, um, I remember. And so I was like, well, I've got these books. Like, I, you know, I, I guess I'll self publish them. I mean, I think he was pissed because I think he wanted like me to wait several years to see if he could eventually sell them. And I'm like, yeah, hey, like, no, I can't do that. Yeah. You no, know, it makes yeah. no sense. But and I remember, was, I, re- I recall the big turnaround, and it wasn't that long ago. No. Um, where suddenly you were like cheery, <laughs> um, cause you had started self-publishing and, and decided it's okay if I don't trad pub, yep. if I do, I do, I get an offer, I get an offer that's good enough, but this is okay. And I'm enjoying this now. And finally, just not too long ago, you were able to go full time to quit, quit your day job. And, uh, and that, you know, it reminds me one, uh, just real quick, you know, I worked, uh, anybody who's listened or knows me at all knows that I worked in the film business for a long time. And that's what I wanted to do. That was my driving force, just like wanting to be a traditionally published author would have been for you. And then there was this epiphany I got after a bunch of things went to shit, complete shit projects that I was working on when I was like, you know what, I'll be okay. And it was almost like kicking an addiction, like a heroin addiction. Um, got that monkey off my back. And it's like, this like lightness came over me, you know, cause I had just been, you know, wallowing and just miserable and I'll be okay. And that's when I moved back to Ohio from LA, went back to school, got my PhD, taught for a while. And then it wasn't until I left my tenure track job to teach online that I started writing. So I've kind of had that attitude since, and it's been, it's been, it's been great. Yeah. I think there's something to be said. I was listening to a podcast today by uh, several YouTubers and they were discussing how every YouTube video that you do, that is a flop is actually a huge investment in your future happiness on YouTube. Because I don't know if you guys are familiar with how it works, but like with YouTube studio, you have a dashboard and every time you post a video to it, it gives you a ranking for that video saying where it compares to your previous 10 videos. And it will Mm -hmm. say like, this video is three out of 10 compared to your previous 10 videos. And obviously if you're getting like, you know, one, one out of 10s, two out of 10s, you're like, great, we're improving, we're growing. This is awesome. But if you're starting to get seven out of 10s, eight out of 10s, then you start feeling a bit crappy about it because you're like, oh no, we're getting worse. Now, the dumb thing about that is it's a totally disassociated comparative thing that 
could actually not mean that you're moving in the direction you want with the specific goals. Like, first of all, views might not be your goals. You might be more interested in comments or sales or whatever that is. And then second of all, it's dumb because it's like, if you had a couple of lean months, then the videos after that will look like they're huge. But the point being was that they were saying that every single time that you see a video come up with that nine out of 10 ranking, that 10 out of 10 ranking for being really bad and a few days pass and you realize I'm still fine. Like this hasn't really affected me too much. I'm still enjoying doing this thing. It makes you realize that you don't need to pay attention to the metrics that are being put in front of you by the platform, but rather that it's more important for you to just pick your own metrics and go towards them. So for example, with this podcast, you know, obviously I look at the numbers for them, but I'm more interested in, was this a fun conversation to have with you guys? Did we get interesting comments on it? And mm -hmm. from like a financial perspective, if you want to look at that, it's like, did it lead to new patrons? Those are all the things mm -hmm. that really matter and not necessarily the views. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's very useful in the long term to have some book projects, to have some dreams that don't work out, that do miserably crash and burn, because it does make you hopefully come to the point where you realize, okay, if this thing doesn't work out, I have been fine in the past when similar things haven't worked out. Obviously, yeah. I want it to work out, but I will survive if it doesn't. With, with the uh, advantage, advantage, quote unquote, I'm holding up fingers, of uh, my advanced age, um, I can look back and see that some of my greatest failures actually may have been for the best um, and put me in a better place now than I may have been if I was able to continue on that path. Um, you just never know, but some of them I can say, yeah, I think I am happier um, mm. having maybe not succeeded in, in some of those things. Um, one, one, one failure that I think that a lot of um, new writers, I think they're I think their first time they feel like terrible failures and sometimes wallow for a while is they can't write that first book. And they, I see they really get down on themselves um, and consider themselves failures to a certain extent. Um, but it's, you know, it's again, it's one of those, one of those things where maybe they weren't meant to be a writer and they'll have that epiphany, you know, or um, they just haven't done it yet. So um, I would say just keep trying until you know, you just don't want to do it anymore, mm. you know, and, and yeah. things will work out. Things that will work out. Moment when you kind of, uh, you cross the bridge between wanting to write a book and deciding to write a book. Yeah. It's a weird moment. Yeah. And it's hard to explain to people because like tons of people want to write a book, but the fact that you want to write a book, like yeah. I want to be skinny and good looking, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you got one of those. Uh, but I haven't decided to be obviously, <laughs> you know, so, you know, wanting something isn't the same as deciding to do it. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people it's, it seems like a kind of an asinine, you know, thing to sort of uh, separate the two, but it really is that like, when you decide to write a book and that's very much how it was for me like i tried so many times like literally from about 1990 
through mm-hmm. 2008, I wanted to write a book and tried mm-hmm. and failed and tried and failed, and tried and failed. 2008, I decided to write a book. And when you decide, when you're like, I am writing a book, you write mm-hmm. a fucking book. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. it sucked. Yeah. It needed like an insane amount of work, but I wrote a book. I, um, uh, no, Good no, I, com- I love that. I completely. I completely agree. Um, in my case, it was more like I decided that I was going to try to write a book. Um, and, uh, and that worked for me because I had no plan. I had, I enjoyed my job. It didn't take a lot of time. Um, I was paid. Okay. Um, it's the same job I still have today. Um, teaching online. And, um, I, uh, uh, I was like, but I will enjoy this, I think. And I found that I really did enjoy sitting for a few hours at a coffee shop and just hashing out this thing and then actually starting to lay out chapters and write chapters and scenarios and just going going along with it. And if nothing came out with it, I enjoyed it. It was my hobby, right? Um, and... Uh, then it was like, holy shit, I'm going to finish this thing. So then it, I decided I've, I'm writing a book, right? And, and, uh, and it, was, it, was, it was an enjoyable process. I mean, there are times of misery when I don't know if this is any good. You know, every book that. Yeah, but, and, you know, and I've learned, uh, you know, everybody told us, right? that you're all going to worry about that with every book, but I love seeing these, these, these uh, trad authors um, or, you know, self pubs who've written like 15 books and they start a new one. And I'm like, I don't remember how to do this. I don't know what I'm doing, you know, but it's absolutely true with every single, every fucking book. By the time you finished editing your previous one and you're supposed to sit down and start writing the next one, you're like, How do write book? Yeah, what, what no. Is, How make the is, words good? What is this plot thing? I, uh, what am I doing? This sentence is suck. Um, I don't even know how to write prose. How did I ever do that? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's something I think that nearly all of us go through with every single book. I don't. I'm not sure that Stephen King and Dean Koontz go through that. <laughs> But uh, uh, Stephen King, <laughs> most of his books are about writers struggling with writing books. So yeah, that that's, seems there to, is a lot of that. There's some evidence. Um, but yeah, I'm, you know, I'm not sure where I was going with that. But yeah, <laughs> uh, Dirk, what would you call like uh, a writing failure? Do you do you have a for me failure story? Yeah. Uh, you know, I got I got really lucky um, with my first book coming out. Um, uh, and I could, you know, we could say that, you know, a bunch of bad reviews, like really nasty, mean reviews are a failure, but at my, you know, I was older when those came out and I worked in the film business. I can handle, I have a pretty hard, writing soft I, have, I, have a, I have a pretty thick skin. Um, sometimes it's like, Jesus, these people just don't get it, but that's okay. Cause that's what people do. Um, but the majority of the ads are good. And you can look at any book and it's, you know, some of the best books ever written, you know, super, super high bestsellers. And they're going to have some really awful reviews. So, you know, 
Um, I love when Amber Crombie and Mark Lawrence post post some of the stuff that they that they get, and yeah, they're sitting back counting their money while they're exactly. while they're reading them, right? So, and, and Jen, um, how, about, how about you? Yeah, I was I was thinking about this um, throughout the episode. I suppose maybe the the first big failure was my inability to make the first novel I tried writing as good as I wanted it to be. Um, I started writing it when I was 15 in school. It was called the Aeon Academy. And it was sort of like a superhero version of Harry Potter where a young orphan discovers he has superhuman abilities and goes to this secret school for powered individuals. And I wrote probably three or four complete drafts of this, of this thing over the course of several years, essentially each time rewriting it from scratch. First time pants it. Second time I heard about this outlining thing, I was like, oh, I'll give that a try. <laughs> I outlined it and I was like, I really need to do this again from scratch. Then I realized the main antagonist didn't show up until the third last chapter. So I thought that doesn't seem quite right. Rewrote it again from scratch and <laughs> probably spent like about, I don't know, like 180, maybe 200,000 words over the course of several years, just rewriting it and rewriting it and then refining the drafts and refining the drafts. And I eventually reached a point after doing this for maybe four or five years where I realized that I had to let it go. It wasn't working for whatever reason. I just wasn't seeing the, the potential of the story. I still feel like really fondly about it. And I should really go back and reread it someday because it has been many years since I last looked at it. But I realized that I can always come back to this in the future. I'm not really growing that much here. I'm sort of just plateauing on this book. It's probably not gonna get published. Most people say that you need to write a few dud books before you can get to that level. So I started writing another book, uh, Across the Broken Stars, which is up here somewhere. Actually, it's back. It's just this one right here. And yeah, spoilers, it was my first published book. Um, sorry, actually my second published book, because I wrote another one in between it. But the difference between that first book and the second one was astronomical because it took me about 360 days to write the AM Academy's first draft. Then when I moved on to writing Across the Broken Stars, which was the exact same length, took me 60 days to write the first draft. So I think there's a huge lesson in there for writers who, if you're currently struggling with your first book, by all means, finish it, edit it a bit, because that is going to give you a lot of learning from it. But if you have been just working at this thing for years and years and years, it may be time to just consider going on to a separate book and you'll be surprised at the amount of progress you make being able to have this fresh canvas being able to start again with all your new mm -hmm. ideas um and i feel like that's the pathway that most authors seem to go down like you have your rare exceptions like your patrick rothfuss's who'll just work on one book over and over again for like a decade and then eventually it gets good enough to publish but or, or doesn't or doesn't um <laughs> I love the name of the wind. So yeah, I think it worked out that, for him. But actually a great idea for a, a future episode is um, you know, when is a book finished? Mm. Oh, absolutely absolutely. Yeah. I'm that's write that good, down. When is a book that's, finished? Yeah, that's a really because, good I mean, idea. Yeah, at some point you have to give up. I mean, yes, uh, it's probably yes. the same in the film industry, but like I worked in the, the music industry for two decades. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, as a recording engineer, you can just the, the saying goes, and a project is never finished. Uh -huh. You just only eventually give up on it. It's just yeah. done. Yeah, <laughs> at some just point like, it's right. just done. Yeah, because there's always something else same. you can do. But and, at some and, point you have to just go. Yeah, it's done. And it's yeah. very easy to lose perspective where you just don't know as yeah. an author if it's any good anymore or not. You just, yeah. I just get to that point. But I'll Every save book. that. I'll save that for that episode. 
that's definitely a good one. We will put, yeah, we'll put let's that in do that. the schedule. But I think yeah. the, the main thing is like, yeah, don't like, if you're listening to this right now and you're 70% of the way through your first book and you haven't finished the first draft, like finish the first draft. Like even if it's a bad yeah. attempt, like just being able to push yourself through to the end of that is going to teach you a lot. But if you're on like the third, fourth, fifth draft of it and you don't really see it going anywhere, then mm-hmm. try something else. And you can always come back right. to it and you'll come back to it with fresh ideas and a fresh perspective as well. And um, and there and and there the, that is the trick. Finish it because um as an early writer, you may not know if it's good or not. And exactly. you may think it's terrible and it might not be. Um so let it sit and get some people to read it if you can. Yes. Um, uh, or you may think it's great. And yeah, that was my problem. Readers I thought everything don't I like it so brilliant. much. Me too. <laughs> I, like my first, uh, the very first draft of 88, which later became Ghosts of Tomorrow. I was like, this is brilliant. This I is the best cyberpunk ever written. I am a genius. <laughs> you were only <laughs> like, 12. literally the rest of the world is like, no <laughs> you were only you were only 12 in 88 so yeah. <laughs> of course you thought it was genius that's it that's it <laughs> um we're gonna start wrapping this episode up in a in a second although this has been a really good discussion before we get on to that um if you haven't already heard about it i have a new free writing advice newsletter out called writing advice wednesday where every wednesday i share three ideas for myself two quotes from other people about the art of writing and then one question for you to ponder takes less than two minutes to read and you can sign up for it for free by going to jedhern.com forward slash Wednesday. The link to that is also in the show notes down below. Um, I've already had pretty cool response from you listeners to the podcast and from some other people as well. I think about 34 people have signed up right away um, and there's been a couple of issues published already. So that link will let you read some of the back issues and decide if you like it or not. Uh, also, We have a Patreon, if you haven't already heard about it, where for a small monthly donation, you can get access to exclusive bonus content, such as free advanced reader copies of our new books. uh, And it also helps support the show as well. Special shout out to our latest high tier patron, Christopher, uh, and to our other high tier patron, Daniel Henderson as well. Thank you for signing up. Very much appreciated. Helps keep the podcast running. Fletcher's whiskey doesn't come cheap and he needs it to be free. Am I supposed to be getting paid for this shit? Yeah. In, What's going on? Wait a minute. A sense of gratification. You're stalling. I do actually have to ask you guys off air, like if there's any equipment that you need to improve audio quality and stuff, because that is something we can reinvest in. Um, okay. Yes. But that's so another, time, fu- another future episode will be um, Mike and I uh, commenting on what parts of Jed's writing advice comments uh, are, are, uh, are good podcast are, 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 are good and yeah. which ones are complete <laughs> shit. <laughs> it's like the writing advice Wednesday, the annotated edition. And so it's just like, it's go. got a tick next to the point and then the point of just got a big cross next to it. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. the, the size that's good or not is if you sign up to the newsletter, Dirk. So I know that's, I, I need to do that. You to to summarize that. this episode on failure, which we've mostly not managed to talk about. Uh, so far, we have get drunk for a long time, mm-hmm. but then drag yourself out of your misery Number and two. get back at it. That's it. Is, yeah. is that is that the sort of like the sum culmination of uh, advice on failure? I feel like there's something uh, to be said also for taking breaks and doing like other things as well, so that your identity doesn't just become one thing. Because I think when your identity is just 100%. Yeah, I'm not go- one thing. I'm not good. I'm not good. There is only that. writing. 
There is nothing else. <laughs> I'm not good at that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I don't even know what Jed's saying. I can't hear it. The words are like, just I mean, to summarize it really quickly, you know, there. if you like, for example, if I'm just doing writing for a day, then to a large extent, my happiness is dependent on how good the day's writing is. And if the writing is great, feel awesome. If the writing is not so great, feel less good. Yeah. But if I'm going for a walk with a friend, if I'm writing, if I am reading something cool, if I am like going to the bouldering gym and climbing some balls, then there's like four different things that could have a couple of them not be so good. And the other ones will make up for that because they're enjoyable. Fletcher, you're proud. Yeah. Do things other than writing. You're like yes. friends. What the fuck is that? What are well, friends? You're the kid, so that's like there is that's ass like in chair. There is words. Nothing else. <laughs> no, don't you just have a little dictator phone that you like take around with you and then you read your stories into that? I've left my office in months. <laughs> you've probably forgotten what the outside world looks like. You know, there's just all zombies around Canada now. Have you seen that? Yeah, well, I haven't been outside, but well, exactly, um, I mean, it makes sense. Ultimate apocalypse. Okay, delivered my pizza time. yesterday. Looked a little sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Well, this has been a good episode. Uh, thank you, everybody, for watching or listening. Um, and if you have any of your own writing failures that were beneficial to you in the long term, feel free to let us know by posting a comment below. If you're watching on YouTube or by emailing Wizards Warriors words at gmail.com and we'll see you next time bye everybody bye everybody thank you